0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. What most people think. What most people think. Hello and welcome to What Most People Think, episode 43. How are you, man? How are you? I'm recording this. Uh, this is the week where the pubs reopen. Pubs are opening, pubs are opening, they pour you a pint and you know it's the real thing. You're going to go and have a pint. I mean, are we going to have missed this too much? Is it as good? Could it possibly be as good as what I've got in my mind, which is a draft beer? I don't know. But the idea that somebody will pour me a drink, I can go and sit down and drink it, is... um, is good, you know, even if I do have to be on some sort of government list to do it, that's not worrying at all, is it? Every time you go to a pub and have a pint. Um, where where did June go, eh? I'm starting to sound more like my mum as I get older. Where where did where did June go? Where did I dunno June June disappeared so fast so I can only presume that June got cancelled. Do you know what I mean? Like June, June or like you said something dodgy in a tweet, or maybe June was like it turned out that June was a name for like a racist person. <laughs> June just got cancelled and of course, you know, the the pubs are opening and, you know, this makes the lefties worried. is, Is it just a stereotype of me that the left do seem to be more risk averse when it comes to things reopening? Now, I'm not saying that there might not be logical reasons for that. I'm just saying it just seems to be them because, you know, they liked the stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. They loved that, didn't they? They loved the moral certainty of that protect the NHS, they got to feel like they were protecting the NHS, which is kind of catnip to a left isn't it? And then it was save lives more generally. I mean, like, the only way that could have been better as a slogan for them is if the lives that they were saving were like from protected communities, you know, stay at home, protect the NHS, save trans lives. <laughs> this is well, this is the show, just about to describe the show. Uh, this is the show that says things like that. This is a kind of show that um, you know, hasn't fully got their head around the idea that men can have babies and other such ideas. I'm not saying I'm ruling it out forever, I'm, just, I'm still working my way towards that point. And um, let's welcome a few new VIP tier patrons, Hugh Janus, yeah? I said it for you Hugh, that was, <laughs> is that make you feel good? I, 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 feel, I would feel good about that, I bet you were laughing away at yourself when you put in the name Hugh Janus. Of course, if it turns out your name is Hugh Janus, then, um, well, why have you kept it? Frankly, that's a fucking ridiculous name. Uh, David Sumner, James Bowley, and Neil Harrison. James and Neil both edited their pledges up. You can do that. Do you know what I mean? Some of you might, you know, things might be a bit tight. Some of you might be going, my God, I, I don't have to pay for any travel. My credit card bill is a fraction of what it was. And I'm still working. And fuck it. I'm going go to go with the £10 VIP tier and see what happens. Well, I'll explain later what uh, that comes with as I give you a revised date for the new material gig. Um, I think I've sworn a couple of times already, so it seems a good time to do the weekly cuss count. And it is as follows. what Two arse, one cunt, seven fucks, 18 fuckings, one piss, eight shits, one twat and a wanker. And also Pierre Novelli, my guest, if you haven't listened to that yet, have a good listen. It was a great episode. He had three fucks and a shit. I think when it comes to fuckings, we're kind of at a level now seventeens eighteens nineteens I think that this is the new normal, and I think that we're just gonna have to get used to it all right and um you know, you know how this podcast I tried to change, didn't I? I did try to change, and it just didn't work that's that sometimes happens in lives, you know we we always, we think that, you know, think we could write a book or people think that they could give up smoking and, and you know, sometimes, or, or drinking, and sometimes it's better to just accept that, that you're an alcoholic and just, you know, really commit to it. Really commit to the alcoholism and just just stop beating yourself up. Just go on a one-week bend. <laughs> See, I always think, like, the things that would get me cancelled would be politically, but it could be something like that, wouldn't it? You are not allowed to endorse. Look, this podcast uh, indoors, well, it doesn't endorse responsible drinking, it endorses people taking responsibility for their drinking, which is uh, something we'll come to later when we talk about litter. Uh, the subjects we're talking about on this week's show are interfering head teachers. Okay, I'm sure you'll have all seen. Uh, the head teacher that sent a pamphlet home and uh, a message telling parents how what kind of dialogue they should be having with their kids around race. Uh, we'll also be talking about litter and you know block parties and stuff like that. And then we'll also be talking about predatory men because there's uh, some stuff been happening in my industry, and I thought it was something that'd be interesting to have a bit of a chat about. Yeah, I might, I might, I might do a bit of virtue signalling, guys. Stay tuned. Uh, before we do all that, a quick thank you and a fuck you. Thank you. I had to go uh, into London. ...to do something on uh, Monday... ...oh no Jeff going in... Like, ...no stay at home... ...protect the NHS... ...be a good person... ...where... ...Jeremy... ...oh Jeremy... ...did you see him this week... ...he was doing a little talk about Black Lives Matter... ...and he was just the same... ...like looking at the video of him... ...I just thought... ...how did this geezer... ...how was he ever in the running... ...to be Prime Minister of this country... ...it just seems laughable... ...he was standing on a pavement... ...there was about eight people standing round him... ...and he just thought... ...if you'd have said that like... ...oh yeah... That's this is mad bloke. He's been there for the last forty years. He just stands. He's a bit like the stop Brexit bloke. I would have gone, yeah. If I hadn't seen the period of time where Jeremy Corbyn was uh, the leader of the opposition in Britain, I would have absolutely credited it. Um, the thank you goes to. So I was in London for this thing Monday, and as I was walking back to uh, King's Cross Station, there was uh, there was a cafe that was doing lunch, uh, but like with tables outside. I'll tell you something. The just the the capacity to sit down and someone come up to me and go, uh, what would you like? <laughs> Almost cried. I thought like, I haven't heard those words for a while. Oh, I like a cup of tea, love, and uh, I'll have scrambled eggs and bacon. Even though it is lunchtime, I just feel like it's a calf and I'd be wasting this opportunity because we all know these kind of calves. If I ask you for the salad, it would taste like shit. It would just be in like crunchy water, wouldn't it? So um, I had the uh, I had the scrambled eggs and bacon, and it was it was lovely. I had another cup of tea as well. I was I was I don't normally do drink two teas on the bounce, but I thought. I'm going to savour this, right? So, thank you to that cafe. And it was a very average meal, but a very special moment. Uh, And a fuck you, a fuck you to a few brands, Coke, Levi, and Starbucks, who have been putting pressure on social media platforms by pulling out their advertising revenue because they're saying, well, you know, we just can't have hate. We can't have hate on these free speech platforms and obviously when it comes to deciding what hate is the best people to decide on that is huge tax avoiding corporations i mean where the fuck like one of the things on the left is stay in your lane isn't it that's what i say you shouldn't talk outside your lived experience and kind of stick to the shit you know well i tell you something right coke levi and starbucks you make fizzy pop you make coffee and you make jeans so how about you stay in your lane and stop trying to police free speech platforms? Cause what a, you know what I don't want to get all lefty here, but if you want to talk about like hate, I mean what's more hateful? The way um you know, a tweet, a few tweets, or the fact that you like pay sweatshop wages, right? Yeah? God, this feels good. This is why the lefty comics do it, don't it? I feel good. Yeah, right. Yeah, punching up on the big man, Starbucks. How about you pay some tax? Yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, I feel good. Now, right, where's my BBC show? The first thing we talk about this week is, I don't know if you saw, there was a head teacher of school sent a letter to the parents. And the letter was basically saying, you know, we're having a bit of a moment around Black Lives Matter. Uh, which is fair enough. We are right, and uh, the the first up that the head teacher is going to decolonise elements of the school curriculum, and by that I mean it basically means there's going to be less dead white blokes, right? So you're sort of losing a period of time in here in literature, right? But that's that's up for debate. Fine, you know what I mean? I don't know. Why, I don't know where this head teacher got this idea. Maybe she was uh, she was pissing about in her garden, sunbathing, you know? because eh? these teachers, come on! If there's any teachers listening, no, actually, I've worked. I've actually worked harder in 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 lockdown come on no you haven't no you all right it is a little test do you think you've worked harder in lockdown okay tomorrow you can either go back to teaching exactly as it was or you could carry on as it is now what was that okay all right then oh god this is what have I done the last few weeks I've done black cab drivers right I can't remember what the profession was last week now I've done teaching I've done the NHS these are some of the biggest employers in the country uh but I've got to tell my truth man I've got to tell my truth and um, so this teacher, the problem with head teachers, right, is they are very, and if you are a teacher, here's a bit where you can buy in, right? You know what they're like. You know what they're like, head teachers. They're like mini celebrities, aren't they? Especially in like bigger schools, but even at primary schools, you know, there's this kind of like this body of about 200 people, you know, staff and students. And then the head teachers bowl around and go, oh my God, it's it's Jeanette. Oh my God, Jeanette. Didn't Jeanette look in a bad mood today? You know, Jeanette. Apparently, Jeanette's on the warpath. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so she's got this like thing of like, yeah, I'm a pretty fucking important person. So not only am I going to send uh, these parents this letter about, you know, having a discussion about race. Hmm? having a- This is such a big call. This is my question, right? And I am open with the Black Lives Matter thing to to thinking more deeply about whether or not people in Britain are having the same experience or whether... You know, like people talk about language and statues. The most compelling thing to me is this stat about, you know, no black CEOs on the FTSE 100. Okay, that's a very real thing. Let's talk about about that. But I just don't know. So here's, here's what I'm saying, right? My son's four. He doesn't know what race is yet. He doesn't know what it is at all. He wouldn't describe, doesn't see any distinction at all. He literally doesn't see colour. And that used to be a good thing, didn't it? Do you remember that? You go, I don't see colour. People go, oh my God, that's such a progressive attitude. Now you say, I don't see colour. People go, why do you hate? Why are you a white supremacist? <laughs> so he he doesn't see colour. I was asking him about um, Finn, uh, the character from Star Wars played by John Boyega. And I said, how would you describe Finn? Because I just wanted to see whether or not this is changing, because obviously he's picking up little bits on television. And he was going, well, he's about your height. I was like, I think I'm actually a little bit taller or something, but whatever. And he's going, you yeah, know, he's really funny. He's really brave. And like, he just mentioned everything. And I just thought, God, you know, it's so beautiful that he doesn't see race. So there will come a point, right? And, and I know if there's black or Asian parents listening, you go, well, look, we had to have this discussion a lot earlier because of the differences of lived experience, right? Fair enough. But I just I don't want to have that chat with him. I'm a, I'm averse to it. I think he's in a beautiful state. I've got to go. Right, one day, son. So these are black people and these are Asian people. And once upon a time, uh, and then you get into some really really bad stories, right? You know, and, and maybe that's lazy of me. Maybe that's idealistic of me. But th- this is what I'm wondering: to what extent, right? I had this argument with a history teacher once. Was like. I I did a lesson when I was uh, teaching A level. It's such a wanky lesson, right? Because I wasn't like a hey, call me Jeff sort of teacher. I was more like call me sir forever. And um, but I was teaching a, a text, a play by Brian Friel about Northern Ireland, right? And these kids, it was sort of in that weird period at the beginning. his first time it was in a sort of post Troubles period. So I got the I did one of these really wanky teacher sort of methods where I got them to read like a page of text describing what happened on Bloody Sunday and I played um U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday in the background right because I'm really you know really creative like that and uh, I remember the kids reading it and then when the song finished they looked up and I saw in their eyes they were just burdened I thought, oh, that's what I did there, right? I was, I thought, like, a, I'm broadening their minds. And I, I, I didn't think about the fact at all that it's all a bit depressing. Now, I know this is a very inter, anti-intellectual stance to say that history... I mean, that would be a great stance, wouldn't it? D- don't he- teach history because, like, it's really depressing. <laughs> On the other hand, though, like, you think about family history. When you think, like, if your old man is a drinker, do you know what I mean? Or one of your... Parents was like a smackhead or something. Does knowing about that make your life better or worse? Does it make you more or less likely to do that thing? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I, you know, I'm not that ill at ease talking about black people and Asian people, and because I went to like a predominantly black school for quite a long time, for three years in in my well, I lived in South London. It was very uh, racially mixed anyway. And then I went to school in Wandsworth for a while, and that was a, a predominantly black school. And I taught at a predominantly black school in Brixham. So I, I don't feel uptight talking about these issues. It's not a question of that. Do you notice how our middle-class liberal types, they do get uptight about this? Like, you just say black, yeah, there's this black guy. And like, you just see them going. that's why they like BAME. That's why they like the word BAME. Yeah, it's the BAME. But even the word BAME is being pushed back on now. Like, do you remember, like, with political correctness, like, your parents would be going, oh, you know, the words are changing too quick, I can't keep up. And you're like, come on, Mum. You know, it's been 20 years fuck's sake, can't call them bum-badits anymore, mum. She's like, well, I don't know anymore. I don't know. However, with like BAME, right, BAME, has, that's a relatively recent word. You know, I'm currently sitting on the BBC diversity panel and that is the word that is used at like the, the kind of forefront of that kind of thinking. That is the word that's used and now that's being pushed back on. So it is changing very fast. It is changing very fast. And, um, you know, people are scared. People are scared of being... um pushing back, aren't they? Because parents, I'd imagine a lot of parents got this letter and sort of thought, you know, where where is it your shout to tell me how to parent? You know, where does the, the reach of the school end? Because you can sort of say, well, this is what I'm doing in the school, but you can't like say, send me a pamphlet and go, yeah, by the way, you should be having these chats with your kid. I'm not, I'm not sure that that is the school's remit. But then the problem is, is that parents, you know, uh, bad parents have successively allowed the school to increase their remit by just letting the school take charge of things, like kids going to school that aren't toilet trained. Is it potty trained? Toilet trained is animals, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, like, and, and kids that haven't learned manners and stuff like that. So the school have kind of had to step into that and maybe teachers are just thinking, well, you know what, fuck it. If we're doing that, I'm also going to be involved in the creation of your child's moral codes, like breakfast club, isn't it? Like All these kids going to school having, not having had breakfast sort of think, well, if we're giving them breakfast, fuck it, I want to tell them what else to think. But it's all part of a, an environment of a lot of people telling us what to think that don't necessarily have the right. <laughs> Prince Harry being one. Seeing Prince Harry, he did his latest thing about uh, race. This this does seem to be a pattern with Meghan and Harry. I tried not to go in too hard on them. Unlike most things in the culture war, I was kind of a bit agnostic on it. Meghan kind of wound me up a little bit. You know, Harry was starting to wind me up. But equally, I saw, like, the aggressive reactions to them were equally irrational. But it does seem like these two, if they haven't been in the press a while, they're like, oh, fuck, better do They come out and they're like... He just gives a big speech about racial injustice and privilege, which there's lots of ironies in that anyway, you know? How much how much of your privilege do you want to give back, Harry? But the question with Harry, as always, is... Is is how authentic is it? Like, is it coming from him, or you know, people cynically maybe say that Megan is kind of uh, is kind of setting the tempo. And he does look a bit. I'm sorry, that last video, he did look a bit like he was a like it was a hostage thing. You know, in the hostage. Have to say, like, I am. Being treated really well here, and this is what I think, and I have come to realize that the views of my captors are in fact fair. And then you know, she's off camera. Fuck it, I didn't say fair, did I? I said fair, and just say it properly, otherwise you get another fag burn on your leg. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It just amounts to this is what happens, right? And one of the things about this podcast is what most people think. What is an ordinary reaction to these things is you just end up thinking, "Fuck off." Why are these people just telling me what to think? I think you know, you make a point, but this 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 second stage where people are saying, Now this is how you should see the world and we should all be thinking about this. No, you don't get to decide that, even if you have a reasonable point. You pitch your idea and you pitch it in an interesting way. And then we listen and we go, Yeah, it's got a fair point that way. What you don't ever get to do is tell people what to think. Right? You got that? You agree with me? Good. Just a quick hype here. Uh, I was supposed to be doing the next new material gig on Friday the 3rd of July, but uh, due to some technical difficulties, which means the bloke that does the domain hosting and actually knows how to work the technology, because I do not, uh, he isn't around. So I've moved that to Friday the 10th of July. I hope that works out better for you. Gives everybody a bit of time. Gives me a bit of time to actually write some jokes. And uh, the rules are the same as before. So if you're a VIP patron, you get guaranteed front row access. That means that you'll be in shot. I can see you. We might have a bit of interaction and stuff like that. If you want it, you know, if it's consensual, obviously, you know, maybe I'll make like a little gif that people can use or a JPEG that shows that they don't want me to talk about the shit shirt they're wearing on the fact that they're, they've they got a really small head. <laughs> you ever notice that? People with tiny heads. I'm fascinated by them. Peanut head fuckers, I call them. Peanut head. They're just like they're, they're not like in the Zika virus, anyway. So, um, so yeah, you've got time to if you want to join as a Patreon on the ten pound and be part of that. If you are or want to join the five pound Patreon, that gives guaranteed access to watch. Okay, so you'll be able to see it. So you know, but you won't. I won't be able to see you, which means that you can you, know, you can do bad stuff. You know, what I mean? you can do whatever you want. You don't have to get dressed for it. And then there'll be a minimum of 15 people selected at random from the uh, £3 Patreon tier. Uh, what happened last time, and it may well happen this time, is if not all the people from the higher tiers take it up, then I can cascade down a few more. But cascade, what a wanky business phrase that was. Oh, my God. Yeah, what we will do is we'll cascade down that in real terms. Um, there'll be more people... At the three pound level that can watch. Speaking of, I just mentioned the five pound patrons a minute ago. We've got uh, some new, not new five pounds these are just five pound patrons, Joanna de Sullivan. It's a great name. Scott Doherty and Richard Knowles. They sound like that sounds like an indie band from the that sounds like a Britpop band, don't they? Like Sleeper. Joanna de Sullivan, Scott Doherty, and Richard Knowles. Just a little three-piece there, just doing kind of like uh, you know Lulu type kind of British Motown Cup. What the fuck are you talking about, Jeff? There was no such thing as British Motown. There was Liverpool. Weren't there? Some stuff happened in Liverpool. they was always going about their music. They that's what the Scouts was probably thinking. We're, we're the fucking Motown of Britain we are. What most people think. Okay, next up, what are we talking about here? I am talking about litter. Now after some of these gatherings, you know, in public, there've been uh, you know, there's been a lot of litter. And I was sort of thinking, when I see that litter that is the most right-wing I ever get. I don't know about you, I never get more furious than when I'm seeing a whole field of just... It just I, I'm like, there is no sanction at that point that I wouldn't be willing to consider. In that moment, in that moment, if they said to me, firing squad, i go, yeah, firing squad for that. And for the people that shit in, like a, in a plastic bag and just leave it there, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't even think they should be blindfolded. <laughs> It's dis- it's disgusting, isn't it? I think the very least, even now, like out of the moment, I'm thinking about, it, and I think they should probably be on some sort of watch list. Cause I think like if you can just leave litter somewhere, I think there's something there's something bad in you. <laughs> there's something bad in your soul. And uh, but you might say, Jeff, why aren't you as annoyed about kind of like institutional prejudice and you know like pollution? And I I know I should be annoyed about these things, but maybe it's what makes me a conservative type character. <laughs> is I just think about litter. I, I think more locally. Maybe that's the problem, you know. More of a localised thinker. I just sort of think that if everybody didn't do that, it would be better. And if everybody took personal responsibility, then, yeah. Is it to do with furlough? I did this joke on Twitter that, as usual, like, the jokes that I think that are really good don't get enough. But I was saying, I think I think wasps are like bees on furlough, aren't they? Because like bees are kind of like, they could be aggressive, but essentially they've got a job to do, so they, they get locked down and they focus on that, and it stops them getting involved in all the other nonsense. Whereas wasps, it's very unclear what their role is. They're just aggro, aren't they? They just rock up like fucking insect football hooligans, and they just start kicking off. And I think that this is what's happened in furlough, isn't it? People are, this is what happens with state A's maybe this is a psychological problem with state aid as a concept is that, you know, the, the the state wipes your ass for you. And you just think, yeah, I'll just fucking leave it there. I'll just fucking leave it on the floor. And I know I have loads of listeners that are furloughed and it's not, you know, you prefer to be at work. I'm not talking about you. You're good people, right? You're good fucking solid community members. I'm talking about these arseholes that go to Clapham Common and leave. You know, and they're, they're, often, they're usually young people as well, aren't they? Or, and you're thinking, they're probably more left-wing, aren't they? They're probably more environmentally conscious, mate. They're not going to clean up the ocean if you're going to be leaving, you know, empty bottles of carver. Unlike <laughs> uh, in a park, right? It's a good place to start, isn't it? It's a good place for the human race to start. Is pick up your own shit. Take care of your own shit. I think it's like, what What should we do for the punishments for these people? I think it's like, um, you know, when you've got a cat, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do this with a pet now, but it's a very old school thing, wouldn't it? Your parents go, if they shit somewhere, you rub their nose in it. That's what you do. You rub their fucking noses in the <laughs> shit. And it's kind of like, look, you shouldn't laugh at it. There's probably someone who's going to like uh, get in contact now and report me to the RSPCA. I'm not condoning doing that now. Having said that, cats are so high status that um, it did feel like them getting their comeuppance, didn't it? And also, like, if they thought their own shit was so disgusting, why are they just casually going around dumping in everyone's garden? Then when you try and put their head towards it, like, that's the, grow what, cat shit? And you're like, yeah, same cat shit you left in my garden. But we've had, you know, we've had um, transgressions of, of reasonable behaviour. We had it in Brixton with the block party there. And um, I just feel so for the residents, man, because, like, you know, it's a really hot day, and I do have some sympathy for young people, right, because if you're like 18, 19, 20, these are supposed to be the summers of your life, right, It's is supposed to be going out, you're supposed to be going to pubs, nightclubs, festivals, all this sort of stuff, and it's not happening, so I get that there's frustration there, but like, on a street, you know, like, you've got, you've got kids, and then you, you just can't account for how many different kinds of people live in a street, how many old people there are, how many people there are babies, people might be going through tough times, it's like, you can't, that's the difference, you can't get away with it, and then obviously as it went on, uh, there were certain people that got more drunk and, and aggressive and violent. The old bill came down and um, just got run straight back out. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty embarrassing for the police again. I'll say something, right? Looking at the coppers that they sent down, there are levels of police. I don't know what level they sent down to that one, but that is not the kind of level that can clear a block party at 2am. <laughs> they were like seriously fucking out of shape. It looked like there was just, there was people doing like in the admin part of the police. Which, I, which probably isn't the proper description, but they just went in there and there was loads of people typing. They're like, fuck, we're understaffed. Anyone fancy going to solve a block party in Brixton? Like, uh, can I just finish finding this report? No, get, get get on your toes. And they went down there. And you know, this is all light hearted, but for the people, it was residents obviously that called the police there. This isn't just the police going, how can we fuck up people's lives and, and stop people having fun? This was residents that called it. And then seeing the police get on their toes and, and leave again... Oh my god like I can't imagine how that feels You're like what we're alone now we're alone i need to i need to learn how to use a sword i mean like immediately if you had a kid and you'd be thinking about de- defending your property i'll go straight to vigilanteism. <laughs> you know when i see some of the behaviors that have become kind of endemic throughout you know as a consequence of lockdown and possibly furlough I think we should never enter the lockdown again I think even if there are like gangs of thousands of godzillas roaming the street we should never ever do this I don't give a fuck about the risk to life because I think that the knock-on risk of other shit is so big luckily of course it being Britain um the moment the weather turned suddenly no one gives a shit did you notice that like it was all really like aggressive and a bit edgy. And then it, it dips back to about 23 degrees and everyone just stops. You know, it's the same in the, do you remember the 2011 riots uh, after the Mark Duggan uh, incident was the police. There'd been two days of rioting and then the police were all out. They were all tooled up for another ruck and then uh, it started raining. So I guess what we really need is to control the British society is in fact good old fashioned British weather. just finally here there's sort of a serious subject a little bit maybe a bit of male mental health here but uh, it's a tricky one for me to navigate around because I don't normally talk about this kind of stuff but there's been uh, incidents in my industry in comedy of uh, male sort of predatory men you know sexual harassers possibly worse Uh, it came off the back of um, sort of revelations about the wrestling industry uh, in the wrestling industry, is that way But, like, wrestling in the States and stuff, and then it kind of emboldened people to come out, like another wave of Me Too almost, right? And then there have been uh, uh, women in my industry that have started talking about um, certain men, and there have been a couple... Uh, there's been one comic in particular. It's it's tricky, because you can... Like, if you're a right-winger, right, and you're a conservative and stuff, and if you're on one side of the culture war, you sort of, like... You know, there's a tendency to trivialise stuff like this, but this is... My industry, and I guess when you are uh, somebody that talks about the inherent differences between men and women, you have to accept that experience can be different for men and women. You know, at the end of the day, men are just bigger and stronger. It's fucking primitive as you like, but there are people that that take the piss, right? And especially maybe in entertainment. But this is where my question comes, right? So I'm I'm happy to talk about these things. and, And it just seems, this is my problem. is just saying, right, those guys are out of order. Fuck those guys for acting like that. I just, I never know what the point is of a Jeff Norcott tweet on this subject. I don't really know what that changes. But I certainly think that I'm up for a discussion because I've got a son, right? And he's growing up in a in a world that is going to be different. Now, if you've got a son who's very young now, you can kind of dismiss that and say, well, it's all ridiculous. You know, it's, uh, we talk about these sort of things too much. But the world is different. And your job as a parent is to uh, equip them for the differences in that world. On the other hand, right, now I... I don't know. My son's four at the moment. I, I don't know how you have the discussion around consent, right? Because no one ever had that discussion with me. It was just something that I seemed to understand, right? I seemed to understand. I'll give you an example. Was uh, back in the early n- noughties, I went on Stag Dude to Nottingham, right? And I pulled uh, in a nightclub, which already should have made me realise this was no normal evening, you know? <laughs> the fact that I just walked in there for 15 minutes, I'd pulled. And uh, went back with a girl quite quickly in a cab to her place, and then basically people were probably think, where the fuck is this story going, Jeff? It's fine. I went up, and then the moment I got in her room and I turned on the light, it was a very bright light, and I just thought, could just see that she wasn't in a state to. I, I didn't even know the word consent then in that respect. I just could. I don't know. I, it, it was no words in my head. It was just like, oh, she's she's not. This isn't right. And then uh, I just slept in the bed with her, made sure she was all right. She fucking pissed the bed, right? <laughs> This is, this is grotty. She then woke up in the morning, why is the bed Oh, you dirty bastard, you pissed in my bed. But anyway, she started kicking off a bit, she was hungover, I went downstairs, luckily she had a flatmate at the time who seemed to know that she could be a bit of a nightmare. But my question is this, right, I um I made a decision there, but it wasn't based upon any learning. I think it was based upon the fact that my both my parents, and my mum in particular, just had a really strong moral compass, that they that they laid down, right, in all respects, so, so, my moral compass as a whole, was good, Um, but in that situation, it just, it just knew which way to point, right, and um, I think generally, with women, that's been, you know, I respect, I respected my mum a lot, at the end of the day, I wonder if a lot of it just comes down to that, she was a very strong character, so, we'll, you know, this is what, you know, I mean, some of the waves of feminism start talking about strong women, and women can be tough, and women can be funny, and we, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but maybe it's not. You know, maybe that is a revelatory thing to some people. But you know, I don't have any answers here. I think this would be a good one for people to email in on actually. What most people think UK at Gmail If you if you're a dad of a son, particularly interesting if they're around that sort of horny fourteen year old fucking <laughs> disappearing to their room for long periods, locking the bathroom door periods. How do you have that chat, right? Because. I don't think it's as simple sometimes as the kind of liberal feminist way of just sitting down, telling what's what, because, you know, you've got to calibrate it to who your boy is, and you've got to pitch it in a way that's going to make an impression of them. So I don't know if you've been successful at that. God, this is now becoming like, a hey, it's men's group, guys. Hey, how's everyone? How's everyone? When did you last ejaculate? That, I should point out, that is a callback to the podcast interview, with Kenny Morella de Cruz. And uh, well, you know what? If, if you don't want to um, go back and listen to that one, let's just leave that hanging as a very weird thing. But equally, I would be interested for people to email in about how to handle this, right? If you're interested in this sort of thing, uh, Catherine Ryan on her podcast, which is a great podcast anyway, uh, she took it on from a sort of, you know, a left wing liberal feminist point of view and a woman working in the industry but just made her points very smartly, and there's a lot to be gained from that. So I think her her podcast is called Telling Everybody Everything. All right, let's go to the letters. Okay, first letter is from... Oh, I didn't put down whose name it's from. Apologies for this, but it's a good letter. Uh, Jeff, I'm really enjoying your podcast and Twitter feed. And Instagram feed, and Facebook feed, and TV appearances, and radio appearances. Was that so? Was I getting negged there for being overexposed? Uh, do you know secretly that's what all comedians want to be told when people say oh god you're on everything at that point we go and high five our agents um i was just wondering what you imagine your average fan to look like in another universe last october i went to see you live great show very funny in the interval i felt like i was a, an electrician's post agm piss up <laughs> uh, there weren't many middle-aged disillusioned ex-lefty arty types around uh, they don't know what they're missing well thank you i think i've remembered who this is from It's from griselda um yeah so it's funny with the audience obviously because I do a tour and there isn't a type of such I know I know the gig that you were talking about actually and yeah that one was a bit of a sausage fest and it was kind of like a very yeah a lot of them look like blokes that have a trade as such but then I go to other places and it's completely different you know I was in Bristol once it's very lefty remaining you know uh I went to did a gig in Southampton at the Nuffield Theatre and it was it was really young. So. So generally, I'd say that it skews a little bit more male. In fact, quite, probably quite a lot more male. Um, but some in some towns, it can be like middle-class arty types that kind of want to be taken a piss out of. You know what I mean? I'm sort of like their court jester. They're like, come on, bring forth my fool. Let him mock me for my consumption of kale. Um, but then in other places, uh, not so much. Like um, when, I'm, when I'm in Leeds, it's a very working-class audience, and, and I like that. And, uh, you know, when I'm in London, when I'm, see, it's an example, right? When I was there, did the last uh, Leicester Square Theatre one, it was really boisterous. I sort of thought, oh, this is going to be one of the quiet ones at all. You know, the fucking London types coming out there again. You know, the fucking Remainers. And it was like, Brexit. <laughs> okay, next letter. I'm gonna sing that again. Da, 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 da. That's how you know you're working class, right? Is if you can't just do one chorus of that song. Brexit. Um, yeah, the freedom of movement thing ended, didn't it? Yeah, let's do it. let's get into that next week. I've got we're on the letters now. Uh, Jeff, mostly loving the podcast. Uh, I, I well, oh right. Aside from your assertion that Starbucks uh, makes a good tea, okay, we're into the shit now. That made me spit out my tea, and I just. No, you didn't mean to sound as ill-informed as a shrieking leftist. I'd be happy to send you some better tea. Can't bear to think of you drinking that garbage. Keep up the good work. Seriously, I think you're an important voice. Well, first up, thank you very much. That is from Dan, uh, who works at Chash, the fine tea company. So there's an advert for you, Dan. So I think we know that we're both men of the world. We know how this works. I want some of this tea. I would do the taste test on the Chash tea. Now, I'm not saying that Starbucks tea is amazing. However, it is proper leafs in a bag, if you look at uh, a lot of the other coffee shops, um, the Costas, we're talking the Nero's, love when you pluralise these things, the, I mean, I just mean Costa and Nero's, um, and I just think it's quite tangy to it, you know, um, but I, I'm i open, I'm open to being persuaded, one thing I've got back into the Yorkshire tea recently, is it's just reminded me that all that dicking around with round tea bags, and fucking pyramid tea bags, there was actually nothing wrong with the original sort of rectangular or square shape, I feel like I'm losing listeners here who are just going, "Ah, oh, the uh, <laughs> the tea podcast, this is fascinating. But fuck it, look, if, if you don't have the odd cup of tea, it is un-British not to like tea. I think that pet- there's an increasing number of petrol stations that don't serve tea. And I think one of our first pieces of Brexit legislation was, should be to fine them and, and then shut them down. What most people think. Okay, final letter here is from. It's from James. It's from James. While it was true early on in the oh, so oh, this is James is coming back to me on me asking how many more men would have to die than women for anyone on the left to think it was like a community issue or anything worth giving a shit about. And James uh, gave me a few facts and also says this. While it was true that early on in the crisis, the number of men dying outnumbered women by a big margin, since the beginning of May, the numbers of men and women dying each week while declining have been almost exactly the same. Interesting. Overall, men make up 55% of the number of people who've died of COVID in England and Wales. Uh, my, My partner's brutal assessment of why more men died early on, was that we are generally less hygienic, generally less hygienic, I'll tell you something, right, all right, hands wash, women love the old anti don't they, fucking, do you know what I mean, like, have you seen it when they get, it's like they're drug women of this generation, with the hand san, that's why there was a national shortage, was just that women had already used it all in situations, where, and then they get into this perpetual cycle, don't they, they're drying the fuck out of their hands, they're moisturising the fuck out of their hands, so just, just, just do it less, all right, I'm not digging out your misses here, mate. I think that most women see the world this way. And another thing, ladies, and another thing, you don't—I've said this before—you don't wash often enough, and you, you stinky fuckers. Like you, I—I I think most men I know shower or bath once a day because we have to, right? Because we're a bit more stinky. But women, just because they don't, just because they don't want to have to do their hair and they kind of like how it looks when it gets a little bit greasy, they, uh, yeah, they don't—they don't bath often. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Getting back to the point, James. Uh, she says that uh, James's missus says that men don't like being told what to do, so probably washed our hands less thoroughly than women. That's probably true. Uh, no scientific evidence to back up that claim it has never stopped me on this podcast, mate. But what do you think about it as a theory? Well, yeah, I think I think I've kind of given my answer to that, but I also think it's very interesting that, that men died more up to April and then women. What was it, ladies? Were you getting what? Did we have the limelight? Did we? Did you? <laughs> You get a bit gel, will you? mega gel. No, we can die of COVID too. I'm sick of these men, the male privilege of dying early of COVID. We can also catch this disease. Okay, that's the end of this week's podcast. Just a couple of things to do is uh, shout outs for a few £3 Patreons Paul McGann, RGR, and Charlie. Paul McGann, I often compare the, the people in trios to. To bands. That's difficult because RGR sounds like someone who'd be in the Wu-Tang clan. Do you know what I mean? RGR and Charlie. Although that could be a that could be a boy band, couldn't it? Charlie, RTR, like RGR would be like their guy that did the rap bits. <laughs> yeah, come and do it with the flavor and you finish. Know? Um so uh, here are the reviews, customer reviews. Um this one just says, Oh, makes it's a five star. So if you give me a five star review, I will read it out. Makes a change with so much woke news. I mean, that could be a thing, wouldn't it? Welcome to woke news. I'm a man. Sorry. Um, funny and insightful. Uh, this is from, well, it's one of those collections of letters and names, so it's probably a Russian bot. Um, obviously, that's what the left always think. They don't think that sometimes people just take generated account names, but I'll read it as a Russian bot anyway. Discover Jeff on Mesh Report, and it just goes to show that both the left and right wing can have a productive conversation about things. As someone, I've now come back into groove from Despicable Me, as someone on the left of Spectrum, I really don't want to live in echo chamber of, stop it Kevin, uh, of identity politics, and Jeff opens up a dialogue about a broad range of issues in a funny and insightful way. I will use my big bomb to blow up world. Uh, this is from Just for Starters. Very, very good podcast. Helps pass the time of day, walking the dog, mowing the lawn, or generally avoiding the family with my headphones on. Funny, clever, and marginally right of centre politically. A revision, a refreshing voice from a world which is usually significantly to the left, whilst simultaneously up itself. <laughs> you know what? I love. I love that review. You were so gentle. And then right at the end there was like quite a barbed comment whether yeah and fuck you by the way uh, listen, that is uh, the end of this week's podcast podcast that is um I need I need to have some lunch here. I need to have a diet Coke did I mention diet Coke enough before somebody emailed me about diet Coke. I love diet Coke I haven't even got a sponsorship deal with them. I just think other people should go down this addictive. Trend. And maybe if I keep saying Diet Coke often enough, Diet the people that Diet Coke, I would even take just a just a, tr- a kind of palette of Diet Coke. So I don't even want payment here. That's how I feel about Diet Coke. You know what I mean? I'll even be your model in one of those fucking reverse sexist pervy adverts. Can you imagine that? Me in a Diet Coke with a frozen can and just running it down my beer gut. Lovely. What most people think.